Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama, and you're listening to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. California's in its worst drought in years. And depending on where you live, you could have voluntary or mandatory water restrictions. That's what's happening in parts of Sonoma County, which gets a lot of its water from the Russian River. Water right now is a really valuable resource and we are in a really bad drought. We don't want to see a a drop wasted. Today, how communities are preparing for current and future droughts. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Well, we're in the second year of drought here in California, and I covered the last big drought, you know, that happened from around 2011 to 2017. And everyone I've talked to so far in the areas I've reported on say it feels on par or worse than that one. Ezra David Romero is a climate reporter for KQED. The precipitation levels have been lower. That means rain and snow have been lower, and farms are going dry, and cities are dealing with water issues at a faster pace than they did last time. People here are affected by drought. Some places not that much, like in San Francisco, but in the South Bay, people can't water their grass often. They only can do it like twice a week. But the more north you go in the Bay Area, it seems like the harder it gets around drought. 
In Marin County, people have to conserve water by, by about 40%. And then there's Sonoma County and Mendocino County north of that. It just gets drier and drier the more north you go. And so the water that goes to places like Santa Rosa or Healdsburg or Guerneville comes from the Russian River. And that Russian River starts deep in the mountains of Mendocino County. Are you Janet? I am. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. Nice. I want to introduce you to Janet Polly. She's with the Potter Valley Irrigation District. And that irrigation district manages about 300 farms and connections in this valley called Potter Valley. It's in the East Fork of the Russian River, way up in the mountains where the Russian River starts in Mendocino County. The community of Potter Valley um, is small agricultural community. Uh, the valley's about seven miles long. You know, her family has farmed in Mendocino County since 1860. And then she was a farmer herself for a long time, farming vineyards and grapes and things like that. So she understands what water means. Like, if you don't have water, your crop is going to be smaller, or you may not be able to grow anything at all. But this is pretty wide right here. You wouldn't see a tremendous uh, difference, but it would be higher. Yeah, be right higher. now it's like a couple inches deep. Yeah, it'd probably be more like... A couple feet deep, or, or even maybe a little bit. There's not a lot of water, and what it means for the farms there is that they are deciding who gets water based on what kind of crop they have and how much acreage they have. So basically, if you grow pears and you have 50 acres, you're only going to get X amount of water, and that's all you're getting for the rest of the year. There are very, very few people who grow annual crops here in the valley. It's all permanent crops. You know, if you lose a crop this year, it that's one thing. But if those permanent crops like trees and vines are severely stressed, it's likely that you don't get a full crop this next year either. Janet is like intimately involved in this process. She was coming up with the numbers, the ratios, how to do all this. And then she has to give them the news about how much water they're going to get. And we've tried to do it the most equitable way that we could figure out how to do. Again, we'd never ever had to do it this way before. Did she say anything about what it was like to see this level of drought where she lives? When I asked Janet about how the drought is affecting her, she reflected on like how long she's lived there. She's lived there for the majority of her life and she's lived through that 78 drought, which was like the drought of record. She lived through that last drought between 2011 and 2017. She says this drought is going to stress the system more than any other drought she's seen before. It's the lifeblood of this valley. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the habitat here is very, very diverse, a lot of it because of the water, obviously, for species of birds, wildlife. Um, they all thrive. They all thrive with this water supply. And the people do. And their families when she and I were standing on the edge of the Russian River up there, looking at this like two to three inches deep water, she basically said, you know, like, look at that water, Ezra. Like, that water is going to go into like Mendocino downstream. That's going to go to wineries. That's going to go to taps down in Santa Rosa. So, like, what happens here matters for this entire system. And we're going to have to be smart. We're going to have to. We're going to have to work together to figure out how to share this reduced supply. And I think sharing a resource is really important for people to think about 
This isn't just about people's drinking water. It isn't just about agriculture. It just it isn't just about endangered species. It's about all of those things. Potter Valley isn't the only place that's had to make tough decisions about water. Ezra says in Redwood Valley nearby, the town has capped water usage at 55 gallons per person per day. Communities of ranchers, dairy farmers, and grape growers are struggling too. And as you go south through Mendocino County and into Sonoma County, you see lots of local governments trying to do what they can to save water during this drought. As you go down the Russian River from Lake Mendocino, you pass Ukiah, you pass Healdsburg, and there they have a mandatory 40% water reduction. So that means people are going to have to like make their lawns go brown this year. And then there's other communities like Cloverdale or Petaluma that have like a 25% mandatory water restriction. And then when you get to a place like Santa Rosa, right, they have about a 20% voluntary water restriction. And I think in the next week or so, they may like up that to a mandatory restriction. Okay, so for the tape's sake, give me your first and last name and your title. Uh, my name is Jason Leaf, and I am a uh, senior USO. And is it L-E-A-F? L-E-E-F. Santa Rosa has these water cops, which I'm calling them, or kind of like mall cops. They don't really have real authority, but one of them is Jason Leaf. He's a senior utility systems operator at the city of Santa Rosa. We split up the city of Santa Rosa into about four or five quadrants. He spends a couple hours a morning, once a week, driving the streets looking for water wasters. You could see that the ground is pretty wet here, and there's been a lot of water going into the gutter pan here and on the sidewalks. So there's enough to kind of stay even after the- And when he finds one, he gives them an oops ticket. It's not like a real ticket where you have to pay money for it, but it's a, it's a warning to the city that this, this house needs help. And so they work with that homeowner, whoever lives there, to try to fix the problem. So you don't knock on the door, you just put no, it on there? leave a tag and just, you know, go away. We don't want to wake anyone up or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, 6 o'clock, right? Exactly. And like I said, this is not punitive. All it is is trying to inform people. That irrigation going off right now as we speak. Oh, yeah. yeah. Santa Rosa has just under 200,000 people in it, and... They get water from the Russian River through this company called Sonoma Water. And Sonoma Water provides water to about 600,000 people in the entire region. So it's affecting everyone there in some sort of way. We found a diner in the downtown that was open. It was called Dirk's Parkside Cafe. And I wanted some water. And the server said, you have to get it at the station in the middle of the room. And that's because they're trying to save water in whatever way they can. So I work here Monday through Wednesday. I've noticed a big difference in the water that we're saving from people getting up to get their own because maybe they're just pouring like a sip or a half a cup instead of a full cup. There I met Verena Richter, and she's a server there. She's lived in the area her whole life, and she told me a little bit about that. And most people have been totally great about it. I have had a few people yell at me. Um, one guy thought it was absolutely ridiculous that I could get him coffee and a mimosa, but not a water. And then she said there's, she's had a lot of other fears beyond this restaurant. You know, she's lived in this area for her whole life. She grew up in Windsor, which is, I think, a bit north of, of Santa Rosa. And she said her dad almost lost 
his home four times last year in wildfires. And that's the other side of this drought. You know, like when there's drought, the wildfire risk goes up. So it's it's definitely like an emotional roller coaster and seeing how bad things are right now is very scary for like fire season starting so early. So I think I have a good sense of what you know, people are doing on the ground to try to conserve water. But what are some of the bigger decisions that are being made or being considered right now that could affect the entire region? Water is really complicated anywhere, right? And in this river system, there's multiple agencies involved, everyone from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to cities like Santa Rosa, and then to some big water agencies like Sonoma Water that provides water to about 600,000 people across three counties. And so they have a lot of decisions to make. So you're over the water now. Jay Jaspers, he's the chief engineer for Sonoma Water. He and I met at the place on the Russian River, sort of west of town, where they pump water out of the river like put it in these like big basins and let it like percolate into the earth. And that's where they save water. He basically said that they're trying to save as much water as they can in case a third year of drought happens. And that's why all these restrictions are taking place in other cities, because it's almost guaranteed that they're going to get less water. So the current drought that we're in, which is really, uh, we're in our second year. I mean, we have to remember that uh, 2020 was also a very dry year, so... The other option is they want to start percolating more water into the ground. They actually want to take more water out of the river and put it into the aquifer there. And that's because so much of the Russian River floods often. You know, a couple of years ago, Guerneville flooded. There was all that devastation there. And so there's a lot of extra water that floods there. So they want to be able to harness that. And I think there's some like emergency rules that they're trying to figure out around that. So it could start happening in about a year or so, but it's still sort of in this like formative place. Basically in all these water leaders' minds, people like Jay Jaspers, they have the past in their mind. It was not that part far in the past that we were in this multiple years of drought where water was an issue and stress this these communities. So they're trying to come up with ways to keep water in the reservoir just in case it doesn't rain next year. They're just trying to like have a system that can work amidst what's happening in drought. We have to work on a couple time scales, you know, kind of a day to day right now. And then we hope for rain in the fall, but we also have to plan that we're not gonna get rain and what are we doing? And so we're thinking on that time scale also. You know, Californians and, you know, us in the Bay Area, we've been through this before, like you mentioned. You know, we, we know that more drought is going to happen in the future, too. So I'm curious, from your point of view, like, how should we be thinking about heading into another drought season? Like, what else can we be doing? I've tweeted a lot about drought in the past couple of weeks, and I get a lot of responses that blame the drought on farms in the Central Valley, water going to L.A. and all that But I think here in the Bay Area and what people can do is like sort of put that notion out of their head. Like we're living in one of the hottest times in history because of climate change. This is an atmospheric drought. So the entire state is dry because there's not enough rain. So yes, we have water going to farms. And yes, we have water going to other cities and we have this existing system. But we're in this place 
with a recent drought in our memory. And I think what scientists are saying, what experts are talking about is like, everyone do your part. Like if you can take shorter showers, take shorter showers. If you can take your pasta water and um, water your plants, do it. If you can like change your whole entire house system from like to a gray water system and spend all that money, do it. But I think the other part is you're really passionate about drought and you want something to be done about it. Like go to your legislators, like go to the people in power. If you think your water district should conserve more, like petition them and go to their meetings. I think there's like some personal action that you can take. And that's, you know, going to the people in power who are making these decisions about water in our state. Ezra, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's it for today's show. If you like this episode, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, NPR One, or wherever else you listen. Ezra David Romero is a climate reporter for KQED. This episode was edited and mixed by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montecilio. Shailen Martos is our production assistant. Issa Mendoza writes our Friday newsletter. And just a reminder that starting next week, we're going to be taking a break from producing the show, so you won't hear from us for a few weeks, but we'll be back with new episodes in August. All right, I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it from us to you. Talk to you later. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.